Welcome to the weekly message from Encounter, where your past has no future and hope is reborn. Here is today's special guest speaker. Some of you, and known your pastor for a number of years, and my wife and I get to fellowship with them regularly, and uh, you have a great man of God here, and uh, I just love his sense of humor. Uh, just truly amazing, and what a blessing, and thank the Lord for being here with you today, as well as thank your pastor. I also want to just uh, thank our group that came today. Will, will everybody from church has left the building stand up? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. God bless them. They're, they're great people, and uh, appreciate them coming and being supportive, and they've been praying for you all and for this message, and uh, thank the Lord. Amen? Another time to be in his house. And, you know, Satan doesn't want God's children to know their true identity. He uses traditions and false humility as strategies to keep us from walking in our full potential. And the truth is that when we are born of the Spirit, we become partakers of His divine nature. Amen? Having the nature of God in us means that we are supernatured already. So it's now natural for us to live supernaturally. If you've been born again, you're supernatural already. You have the supernatural inside of you, eternity inside of you. Amen? So if you're wondering why you don't fit in with the world, well, that's why. Today, I want to encourage some of you. I'm probably going to challenge some of you, and I might provoke some of you. But just let you know, I love you with the love of the Lord, and if you don't like the message, take it up with him. Uh, but my prayer for the body of Christ for the last 30-some years has been that God's children will become divinely discontented with where they're at in their spiritual walk. God doesn't want a bunch of contented, spoiled brats. He wants you to be discontented so you press in for more. Say more, amen? So that you'll hunger and thirst for more because there is more. Say more. Tell someone next to you there's more. Are you ready to press into God and pursue God to enter into that more? You know, I don't care if you've been saved for 50 years and you've been filled with the Holy Spirit for 50 years. There's more. Myself, I've been saved for 55 years and filled with the Holy Spirit the first time for 52 years. And you know what? There's still more. I want more. There's more because we've never attained in this life. We keep pressing in. There's more revelation. Just like Jeff was saying about that scripture, I love it when scriptures come alive. You read something, and I don't care if you've read it 50 times or 100 times, it comes alive. Because there's so many levels of truth, and God loves us so much. But the good news is he's so merciful that if you're a baby Christian or a mature Christian, he takes you at your level and wants us to continue to progress in him. Amen? And it's so wonderful. Uh, and, you know, I want to just see how many here today want a good church service. Can I see your hands? Oh, boy. That was a test question. How many want an encounter with God today? Come on now. Like encounter church, amen? That's what I'm praying for. Because, see, I, I've, been in, I, I've been in church all my life. Matter of fact, I had a drug problem. Every time the church doors were open, my father and mother and their pastors, and I was drugged to church. 
four times, five times a week, you name it, I was there. So I've had enough services. I, I don't want any more just church services, even good church services. We want an encounter with God. That's my prayer for the, today. That's what our group has been praying for today, is an encounter with God no matter where you're at. He'll meet us where we're at, and he'll bring us up a little higher in him. Amen? And, you know, how many are willing to give up a little bit more yourself to allow him to fill you up today? Undivided attention in pursuing him. Amen? And, you know, if you're here today you're not saved and Jesus isn't Lord of your life, today's your day. How many here today are baptized in the Holy Spirit as evidenced by the gift of speaking in tongues? Can I see your hand? Hallelujah. Quite a few. There's some that aren't yet. That's okay. Today's your day to receive that gift of the Spirit, and we want to pray with you to receive that gift from the Father. Amen? Because, see, God doesn't just want a relationship with you. He wants fellowship with you. And there's a big difference. He wants a communion with you. He wants to get to know you and you to know him him and thank God that he desires that intimacy with us and the good news is you know what he knows all our faults and failures and our sins and shortcomings and he still wants a fellowship with us so God has a sense of humor folks hallelujah and he loves us so much and uh, just thank God for that and I want to tell you this that you can have as much of God in your life as you hunger and thirst for or you can have as little as you're content with having. And today I want to share with you about the fire of God and transformation. And the definition of transformation is the act or process or instant of transforming or being transformed. And by the way, the word metamorphosis, how a caterpillar turns into a beautiful butterfly, is an example of that transformation. And that's what he's doing in all our lives. Amen? He doesn't just save you from your sins and forgive you. He wants, he doesn't leave you in that condition. He's changing all of us. He's working on all of us from the inside out. And he knows exactly how to do it, what we need. And he's in our tomorrows before we're there. So guess what? You can trust him today. You can praise him today. You can have liberty and freedom in the house today to worship him. Romans 12 2 says that do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that was good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And 2 Corinthians 3.18 tells us that, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So he's working on all of us. So be patient with one another. Amen. And don't be so critical of yourself or so hard on yourself. Don't let the devil beat you up or condemnation or guilt. Guess what? Thank God you're not where you were yesterday. You may not be where you want to be yet, but you're a work in progress. Amen? We all are. Hallelujah. Give yourself a hand. Come on. Hallelujah. And don't let any other Christians, you know, there's too many judgmental, criti critical Christians in the church, and all they have is a religious spirit. They don't have relationship. They don't have fellowship. They just have dead religion, and that's why they're kind of dried up and critical. Come on. But when you have Jesus and the Holy Spirit, there's freedom. There's liberty in the Spirit. There's love. There's mercy. There's acceptance. There's gifts of the Spirit, fruits of the Spirit. Amen? Hallelujah. And I want to start, you know, I want to share some examples from Scripture today with you, how the fire of God 
made a great transformation in people's lives. Because that's what we need, the fire of God in our life. His presence, amen? That's what I'm talking about, really. In Exodus 3, 1, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Now, remember, let me interject this. Moses had been tending sheep for about 40 years at this point. He's about 80 years old because 40 years prior, he was raised in Egypt, had all the best of the best in Pharaoh's household, the training, you name it. And what does he do in his own strength and youth and ability? He goes out and kills an Egyptian taskmaster thinking that's how he's going to deliver Israel. Well, sometimes when we're young, I guess I wouldn't call 40 young, but, you know, there's a point that I call young now. But, you know, we do things on our own. And how many know God's ways are always best? Amen? So he's mellow a lot because now he's 80 years old and he's learned some things being a shepherd here. And by the way, in case you don't know it, sheep are really dumb animals. Okay? So they need a lot of care and attention. And in verse 2, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I'll now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. Now, think about this. No doubt about it, Moses probably saw many burning bushes in the heat of the desert, right? But he never saw one that was on fire that was not consumed. So he's a, drawn to this. Now, the fire of God's going to get your attention. He uses various things in our lives to get your attention, all right? And we see that, notice, God was watching Moses' response. It wasn't until Moses turned aside to look a little more intently that God spoke to him out of the bush, right? He took steps towards the presence of God, and we need to do the same thing. And after this, God called to him out of the bush, and when we sincerely draw closer to God, what's he going to do? He'll draw nigh unto us, the word says. He knows our hearts. He knows where we're at. And then in verse 5, he said, then he said, do, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. What made it holy? God's presence. God is holy. Amen? And he desires us to walk in holiness. Hallelujah. And he says, moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And you know what? This experience with the fire of God's presence and calling Moses into his destiny and purpose started a great transformation in his life. Because for 40 years, he'd been hiding in the backside of a desert taking care of sheep. Of course, God was sealed dealing with it. He was mellowing them out. But he was in hiding, really, because, you know, they threatened to kill him in Egypt for killing the Egyptian. But now he's 80 years old, and he's never going to be the same. So I don't care how old you are today. The fire of God, the call of God, the destiny and purpose of God will change you forever. Amen? That's good news. Amen? Hallelujah. So you're never too old. God wants a transformation in our lives 
to fulfill his destiny, plan, and purpose for each and every one of us. And he doesn't just want a relationship with you. He wants a fellowship with you and I daily, daily. Think about that. The God of the universe. And if you truly have an encounter with God's presence, you'll never be the same. Never. And let me share some proof about this transformation of Moses' life for some of you. You know, because remember the story when Moses is up on the mountain and God gives him the Ten Commandments and he's coming down the mountain and, you know, Aaron and the people are just acting brain-dead stupid and they make a golden calf and they start worshiping some idol God because they didn't know what happened to Moses up on the mountain, right? So as he's coming down, God was already angry because he knew what was going on. As Moses is coming down the mountain, he's angry. So he throws down the tablets of stone that God wrote the Ten Commandments on, and they break. Think about that. You're not going to put them back together with Gorilla Glue, okay, and duct tape. But in Exodus chapter 34, Moses returns up the mountain into the fiery presence of God, and thank God for his mercy. You know, even in the Old Testament when they're under the law, in Exodus 34, 28, so he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He neither ate bread nor drank water. I want this to sink in for a minute. Because I, when I read through this, it's like, wow. 40 days, he didn't just, I mean, talk about a fast. But the point I want to make with this, he was in God's presence. He didn't need to eat. He didn't need to sleep. He didn't need anything because of the life-giving of God our Father in his presence. Think about that for a minute. Wow. 40 days and 40 nights just in being infused with the life of God in his presence. I want to tell you this, that I believe that every cell in his body was rejuvenated being in God's presence. You know that? And guess what? We can have the same type of experience with the presence of God today. We can still have, the, he's that life-giving force, that power that will energize your spirit and will we're redeemed spirit, soul, and body, right? Come on. I believe that we can walk in divine health and strength, amen? I thank God that just earlier this month, I, I, it's been nine, over nine years since I had cancer surgery and I'm cancer-free. It tried to come back again. You know that? Here's the thing. It's interesting. During that time, from 2010 to 2017, my uncle died of prostate cancer. My next-door neighbor died. So the enemy would try and speak fear into your life and fear into my life. I refused to give in to that fear. I said, I'm going to live and not die. In 2017, it tried to come back again. But I thank God it's been a year and still cancer-free. Thank God. No fear. Just faith. Walk in his presence. Walk in his fullness of the promises of God. We need to know what's available to us. And you know, this was not just a fast because Mo Moses' natural body was swallowed up in God's divine life and presence and power, and his life is on the inside of us. We need to allow it to live out of us. And he was more than sustained. Like I said, I believe every cell in his body was rejuvenated with life. And when Moses came down from that mountain, that time of being in God's presence, he radiated with God's presence so much that it said his skin was shining, that the people couldn't look on him. They say, hey, Moses, put a veil over yourself. You're too bright. So I want to tell you, have people noticed that you've been in God's presence? 
Has it transformed us and changed us? Are we more loving? Are we more merciful? Are we more like him? But he shined with the glory of God. And you know, our God in his presence is more than enough for whatever your needs are right now. They were more than enough for Moses' physical needs for 40 days and nights. He didn't need a thing. Just God. We need to all come to that realization in place that we need him. And, you know, we get transformed into his image and likeness when we spend time in his presence. Amen? And guess what? He's God. He has this God complex. He doesn't have to change. He's perfect. He's holy. But you and I sure do. And if we don't like it, he's the ancient of days. He can outlast your stubbornness. Come on now. He wants to change us, amen, into his image and likeness. So just surrender now to it and let him do his work, amen? You know, <laughs> there's another uh, great example of the fire of God calling the sinful, idolatrous nation of Israel back to himself. And just read 1 Kings 18 for homework and see how God answered the prayers of his prophet Elijah on Mount Carmel by fire. And we have a little competition there between Elijah and the false prophets of Baal. It's great. It's a humorous, it's a funny story. I love it. Elijah keeps telling, hey, maybe uh, your, your God's on a vacation or something. He's not hearing you. He's not answering. And Elijah told the people, just point blank, let the God that answers by fire be God. Amen? Put away your false gods and all your pagan stuff that you've acquired. And we know that God... The fire of God falls, consumes the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and even the water to demonstrate his power to draw his people back. Even though his children miserable are stiff-necked and hard-headed and hard-hearted, like some of us have been at times, not now, right? Uh, but he keeps drawing them back, amen, that fire of God. And Israel, continuing in their sin, limited what God could do for them. But I want to tell you that God is limitless. Amen? He has no boundaries, but because of their sins, he had to distance himself so they wouldn't be destroyed by his holiness. Amen? His holiness cannot tolerate sin. All right? But thank God for his mercy through all that time, and those things are written for our example. Now, I want to look at another example of God's fire that brought about transformation in people's lives. In Daniel 13, 3.13, Nebuchadnezzar is in, the Babylonian king, is in rage and furious. He's furious at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because they didn't bow to his statue. And he spoke to him saying, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? You do not serve my gods or worship the gold image? He set up this 90-foot gold statue where I have set up. Now, if you're ready at the time to hear the sound of the horn, the flute, harp, or lyre, psaltery, and in symphony with all kinds of music, you'll fall down and worship the image which I made. Good. But if you do not worship, you'll be cast immediately in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God that will deliver you from my hands? Now, this isn't just a cute little Bible story for Sunday school. This is true. And... There's situations in the world, peer group pressure, other things that try and get you to bow down to the world's situation or dictate to you. But the thing is, 
We need to make a stand for the God we serve and what we stand for. And that's what they did. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you set up. Sometimes you have to speak up and say so. You can't just be one of these undercover Christians, chameleon, where it changes colors with wherever you're at. You need to be for real. Amen? You need to be for real and speak up and, and take a stand. I know it's not popular. There's a lot of the, you know, persecution out there today. It's far worse than other third world countries, communist China. They may be killed trying to go to church, find a church, you know. So we are kind of blessed. We really are with freedoms in this country, but it can also be a curse in a sense that sometimes, you know, we get spoiled. We get complacent. But, you know, you know the story here that, uh, hey, they don't bow, and he's full of uh, fury and his expression changed towards them. And he spoke and commanded that they heat up the furnace seven times hotter than usual. And he commanded the men of valor and his army to bind them and cast them in. And they, in there with their clothes and cast in and all bound up in the midst of the fiery furnace, right? And notice that even the men that bound them and threw them in, uh, because of the king's command was so urgent and the burning fiery furnace so hot, the flame killed those men that took them up to throw them into the furnace. Think about that. And three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And then King Nebuchadnezzar, verse 24, was astonished. He rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, didn't we not cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? And they answered to the king, oh, true, oh, king. And he says, look. He answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. They're not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Now, think about this. I don't even know how he knew what the Son of God would even look like. Here's this pagan Babylon king, but notice, he's noticing something different happen here. Now, see, this fiery furnace that the enemy meant to kill them for their faith and their profession of faith, God turned it into a fire of his presence by his presence being there with them. Amen? And the only thing, as you know the story, the only thing that got burned up was the bondages. Their clothes didn't get burned up. None of the hair on their head or their arms got singed. They didn't smell like smoke even. So I want to tell you, when you're going through an affliction, you're going through a trial, you're going through a testing for your faith, maybe persecution, guess what? God sees that and he'll be with you. And that fiery furnace, come on, thank you, Lord. Thank the Lord. That fiery trial, God is with you in it and bring you through it victorious, just like he protected them. He didn't pass out of best of suits to them either. They are just protected. His presence, amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Our God's presence can keep and protect you from anything the enemy tries to bring your way. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Amen? And all things work together to good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. So even when you don't know it, see it, he's working behind the scenes or situation for our good. 
Tell someone next to you, it's for our good. Amen? Hallelujah. And you know, after this, you know the story, they were promoted after this victorious trial in the fire. They were promoted. And in closing, I want to fast forward many centuries in Scripture to the New Testament, how the fire of God's presence can transform you and I today. You ready? Acts 2.1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came from heaven sound of a mighty rushing wind and filled the whole house where they were sitting and appeared unto them divided tongues as of fire and sat on each one of them. Amen? Fire of God again. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen? The fire of God showed up with the presence and fulfillment of the promise of giving us his Holy Spirit. Now, every one of these believers spoke in an unknown language, and as a result of them boldly speaking out, there were people from all around, many nations gathered in Jerusalem at that time, and they heard the good news of the gospel by these 120 people speaking in tongues. Hello? It wasn't just Peter. He didn't do all the work. He gave up and kind of gave a basically an altar call, if you will, and explained, hey, this is just what the prophet Joel had prophesied about years ago. It's a fulfillment, amen? And think about this. 3,000 souls were added to the kingdom. The first mass evangelism recorded in the Bible. 3,000 were baptized by many of those 120 because Peter and the disciples didn't do it all, right? So what if today, all of a sudden, each one of us had 25 new believers to disciple? That's what happened. Think about this. You, you are the church. You don't just attend the church here. Thank God you do. But we're to be the church outside these four walls, we're to reach people with the good news, with the love of God. Demonstrate the kingdom wherever you go. Demonstrate the power. See, when they were speaking in tongues, it was noise abroad. It, it was outside that upper room. People were hearing it. People were hearing the message. People need to hear the message and see the message in each and every one of us. Wherever we go, be bold. Be bold and declare what God has done for you. Amen? Hallelujah. And we see that these people heard the message and they received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They were transformed. God's presence in the form of the Holy Spirit wants to transform you and I into the image and likeness of Jesus. You know, God's in his throne in heaven and Jesus is at his right hand. The Holy Spirit's here on earth to do what Jesus would do if he were still here. And it's, he's here to do it through you and I, to empower you and I to be little Jesuses wherever we go. Come on, thank you, Lord. Every miracle that Jesus did, it was through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And if you're here today, and if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have the same Holy Spirit that Jesus did and does. Amen? There's no junior Holy Spirit, even in the children. Amen? Hallelujah. And God, his presence and that fire will set you free from any bondages or limitations of your past 
or even maybe some present circumstances. God wants to set us free and enjoy his divine life in the Holy Spirit. The reason why a lot of people today go into churches, they're just dead and dried up because all they have is religion. All they have is theology. There's no life without the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that inspired every single author to write the Word of God. It's the Holy Spirit that gives life to the Word and gives meaning and revelation and understanding. So you can understand why there's a lot of sad sack so-called Christians out there. You know, they're saved and maybe that's all they have, 30%. But I don't know about you, I want more. I want all that God has. Amen? That's life in the Spirit. That's gifts of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit in, in our lives. That, by the way, the gifts of the Spirit, that's the only thing we're allowed to covet in the Bible, by the way. Covet to prophesy. Covet the gifts. And you know what? They're not for you and I. They're to make us more effective ministers to people in the world. That's what they're for. They're not just to have bless me clubs and churches. It's to do the work of ministry because over 99% of the miracles Jesus did, they were outside the four walls of synagogues or temples, out in the marketplace, out in the street where people lived. Amen? So today, I, I don't know about you, but I, I'd be sick and tired of just dry, dead religion and theology with no life and no power. It's by the empowerment of the Spirit that will quicken. So today... You know, if you're here, you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Today, I want to challenge you. If you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you need to stir yourself up. You know, thank God I received the baptism when I was 12 years old, 52-some years ago. But you know what? That wasn't enough. There are many infillings of the Spirit in the book of Acts. We need to keep filled. Just like if you want to be filled with chicken, you got to eat chicken all the time. You want to keep filled with the Spirit? We got to keep getting filled with the Spirit. Amen? Come on. We have to allow the Spirit to fill us that it kind of pushes out self. Amen? We get so filled with the Spirit, we're more like Jesus than we are our carnal flesh and self. Amen? And it's by allowing the Holy Spirit, because your born-again spirit needs to take control of your flesh as an act of our will to surrender, to receive. Amen? And the more spirit-controlled you are, the more life of the spirit can flow into us and out of us. Be like in God's presence, like Moses, rejuvenated. And today I want to challenge you to stir up yourself, speaking and praying in tongues more than English. I tell this everybody, everywhere. You can ask any of our group of 15 or so to hear today. When you pray in tongues and you pray in the spirit, if you pray just 10 minutes a day, I want to tell you this, that it's more effective than if you prayed five hours in English on your knees. I don't care if you face Mecca, you face Jerusalem, I don't care what the position of your body is. I want to tell you that when you pray in the Spirit, it's more effective because the Holy Spirit always, always, always knows the perfect will of the Father, His perfect timing for you and I. And there are times when you're praying in the Spirit, you don't even know what you're praying about. You could be interceding for somebody. Who knows? Just allow him to pray through you because in the process, you get built up in your faith. You get blessed. Amen? So I want to stir, just cause you to stir you up if you're here today. 
But if not, I want to tell you that in Acts 1.8, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Amen? And the word there in the Greek is dunamis. Same word we get for dynamite. Amen? So there's a strength. There's a power. There's an endowment on high of God's power when you receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. God knew that when Jesus ascended that we'd need the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's why he poured it out. Because Jesus was limited to being only in one place at one time. Where now the Holy Spirit can be on in each one of us wherever we go. Amen? You know, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. Hmm. Is it a wonder that he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament and some of the greatest revelations from the Spirit Paul wrote? to further explain truths that were needed to be revealed? But he spoke in tongues. Hallelujah. You can practice. I want to tell you this. You can practice the presence of God. I don't care if you have to get a mannequin in your car right next to you and pretend like he's there right there with you, because he is. Like they're trying to do on the highways in California to get in the, you know, the passenger, the multiple people lane. But he's with us. We need to practice his presence every day and realize that he is. You know, it'll stir up the anointing and the gifting that God has put inside of you. Just like Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift. I know it's in you because you know what? I know it was in your grandmother. I know it was in your mother. And I prayed for you for the impartation. So he told young Timothy, stir it up. I don't care what age you are. Stir it up. Stir it up. Because you stir up the spirit within you, you create a greater reservoir to receive Revelation truths from the Word of God. And then you give it out, and then it gives you more. You give it out, then it gives you more. It's a beautiful infilling process and giving it out, amen? It quickens and stirs up the supernatural dimension in your life. It opens the atmosphere to the manifestations of the power of God. You know, so many places I wonder, where's the power of God? Where's the manifestation? Well, where's the Spirit? Not too many churches allow the Holy Spirit time to move or have his way. And if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to have his way in our lives, you're not going to see too many manifestations of God's power. But people want, you know, we want to see the power of God. Well, you can't have the power of God without allowing the Holy Spirit to have his way. Amen? And that's what we have to do and we have to realize. It builds up your inner man. You know, Every one of you has been given the measure of seed of faith, but it's up to you and I to grow and develop that. It's grown by hearing the word, and hearing the word, we grow our faith. But it's also grown and increased by praying in the Spirit. You'll increase your faith. Amen? That you can effectively minister and touch lives. It stirs and quickens your faith. I thank God the anointing destroys every yoke and lifts every burden. And we... You know, when we'll only, you know, we will only have the Holy Spirit operations and manifestations when we create an environment, an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit is welcome to dwell in. Amen? Hallelujah. That's you and I. We have to allow time. This morning, it's kind of humorous. I, I was appreciating your story, Jeff. This morning, I was doing a prayer walk, and uh, I had my phone on a timer to let me know how far I was walking, so I make sure I got back and... Uh, the funny thing was, 
I'm praying in the spirit. People probably think, who's that guy in this neighborhood? He's like talking gibberish out there. I'm praying in the spirit as I'm walking. And uh, unfortunately, the timer had gone off, but I had my phone turned down to a real, you know, low level, so I didn't even hear it. So I just kept walking, walking. I'm thinking, I know I have gone about 30 minutes already here. What's going on? I was just enjoying the presence of God, praying for the service today, enjoying his presence. What a beautiful day he's blessed us with. And it's all about his presence. And I thank God that he goes with you wherever you go. And if you're here today and you've not received the baptism, I want to pray with you. I want to agree with you to receive it. It's a free gift from the Holy Spirit. You know, every born-again believer can have the gift of speaking in tongues, but don't stop there. There's quite a few other gifts you can press in for. Amen? Gift of faith. Get the healing. Get the miracles. Come on, don't limit God. God's presence and power is not limited. Amen? We put a limitation sometimes, and he wants so much more for you and I. There is more. It's a matter of are we going to press in to receive it? Go after. Because just like Moses, he didn't talk to him until he started walking towards that burning bush to see this. Wow. God knows how to get your attention. And today I just want to do, uh, in closing, I want to just do some declarations with you. If you're here and you, uh, number one, I'm redeemed. You can say this with me. I'm redeemed spirit, soul, and body. By the blood of Jesus, out of the hand of the enemy. That's Ephesians 1.7. Therefore, Satan has no power over me and no place in me. I overcome the accuser by the blood of the Lamb and by the word that's in my testimony. Number two, I'm forgiven. I have remission of my trespasses, according to Ephesians 1.7. Number three, I am cleansed by the blood of Jesus, according to 1 John 1.7. I wash my robe of righteousness in the blood of the Lamb, according to Revelation 7.14. That's right. Tell someone next to you, I'm righteous in Jesus. Okay, let's keep going. I'm made righteous. I'm justified by the blood of Jesus. According to Romans 5, 9. I declare, according to Hebrews 13, 12, I'm sanctified and set apart for his use. Oh, hallelujah. I trust that one will sink in. Get ready. Uh, next, according to 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, I declare that my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. I've been purchased by his blood. Oh, hallelujah. Wow. Thank you, Lord. If your body's the temple, he wants to inhabit and fill you to overflowing. Number seven, according to Isaiah 53, 5, by his stripes I am healed. 
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Do you know what you've just done? You've been applying the blood of Jesus through the word of God to yourself. And hallelujah. What a blessing. What an empowerment. You can have confidence with God and towards God. And all the promises are yes and amen in him. Personal promises for you and I. Don't let the enemy steal any of them from you. Amen? Don't let them steal your peace, your joy. I want to tell you that the Holy Spirit wants to empower you to be like Jesus tomorrow. When you get up in the morning, on the job, wherever you go, he wants to empower us to be like Jesus wherever we go to demonstrate the kingdom and the power. And just like that, I trust that people wonder, where have you been? Is wow, you're different. You've been changed. You've been endued with this power, and it's changing lives, including our own. Amen? our special guest speaker today at Encounter. All of our guest speaker messages can be downloaded from our website, godenc.com. Messages from Bishop Michael Rice are freely available on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter.